Were you a part of FC Cincinnati or New York Red Bull 2 this year? Did you get called up to your national team? Do you like to discredit Twitter by existing as a franchise? If it happened in the USL Eastern Conference this week, we have you covered. This is Eastern Conference Confidential Episode 2, the one with two people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the uh, second episode of Eastern Conference Confidential brought to you by the uh, recently formed Beautiful Game Networker, BGN. Um, find out all about that on bgn.fm. Make sure to give them a follow on Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, we're there. Mongols is there. There's a Pittsburgh uh, College podcast. We got a Premier League podcast, all that fun stuff. But uh, again, give it a look, bgn.fm. Um, also, be sure to find us on Stitcher, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Uh, it's just Eastern Conference Confidential, super easy to find. Anyway, I'll stop shilling. Uh, it's the second week. I'm your host person, as per the usual, at least two out of two weeks, uh, Evan Valella, joined this week just by Ryan Allen. Uh, Brendan's not here. So, Ryan, how's, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Good. Going pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess picking up where we left off last week, the news, uh, in terms of teams dropping, is that there is none. Uh, yeah. But in terms of... Uh, teams gained i mean we've still got ottawa and we still got tampa and and maybe if some certain talks between the president of united states soccer suno galati and usl and nasl are to be read into super hard maybe more friends yeah he had a tweet over the um past week that said he had um meaningful talks within both leagues presidents for the past 24 hours so that could mean new teams anything or just he had talks with both presidents i love it it's such a vague statement (laughs) like it's so it's so good like it's the the last like two weeks i think in usl or just u.s soccer in general with with all the news you know nasl releasing a a uh a a a statement but just the whole thing has been just like all this corporate speak which i mean you know nothing else you can do but it's been a really good master class and how to say nothing in a bunch of words um all on the same. Uh, of course. I, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? I, <laughs> I guess you want to talk awards? Because we got, we called most of them in a way. Yeah, the Eastern Conference swept all oh, five awards that were given out. In fact, it was just down to the Baby Bulls and FC Cincinnati who took home all five categories. Yeah. Um, what a time to be us, right? Like, we picked the perfect <laughs> time to start covering the Eastern Conference of the USL because we... We, I say we because I'm terribly selfish. I didn't do anything uh, to, to win any of these awards. I, I didn't even see <laughs> all these teams more than twice. Uh, well, really, I mean, I guess I saw Red Bull three times. But uh, no, and, and listen, I, I have to apologize to, to Ugo, to Sean Acoli. Uh I said it was going to be Brandon Allen or Derek Etienne or Brandon Allen again. Uh, <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, so congratulations in advance, to, well not in advance, but a late congratulations to Sean O'Coley for winning the Golden Boot, and a congratulations a little bit after it happened, but close enough where I don't have to apologize for being late for winning MVP. Uh, he had a great year, honestly. I, I, I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle when Red Bull went on that huge tear that they went on. Um, yep. Uh, but... But in his own right, I mean, super impactful for that team. If they don't have him, they're not nearly as successful as they could be. Yeah, he scored a bunch of goals for the side and led them to the three seed in their first playoff appearance. And prob- 
unless it would have gotten by Charleston, I think he would have been covered a lot more instead of being overshadowed by Brandon Allen and Jack McBean, who now calls Coventry City home. Yeah, what a weird one, right? Not not where you'd expect. I mean, he scores goals. It's fine. He's a Western Conference guy, yeah. so I didn't see a whole lot of him. Um, but yeah. yeah, not you know not playing the second half of the USL season and still finishing, you know, second in Golden Boot voting. Well, not voting, but Golden Boot totals is uh, maybe an indictment on the rest of the league that that there wasn't like another breakout striker for the second half of the year. But uh, no, as as far as he goes, like that's a that's a big accomplishment for him. Yeah, and his loan spell should end at Coventry within the end of the year, and I could see him going back and starting with the Galaxy, or maybe even being on the bench. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I don't know any of the of the details with the Coventry loan, but, I mean, you almost think that if it goes well enough for him there that they'd keep him on. Yeah, if he's well enough to play within in the football league over in right. England, I can't see why he would right. just stay there. Yeah, really. Uh, I, I guess I, we'll just talk. We'll just go down the list. Why not? Uh, yeah. Just because I have Okoli's. No, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okoli's teammate Mitch Hildebrand yeah. took home goalkeeper, and he was very instrumental in helping Cincinnati he reached the playoff berth and kept him in a lot of games. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was good. He was like frustratingly good to watch as someone who like had to watch him a bunch and like that was a good Cincinnati team like top bottom um you know I I think we're just becoming another in the long list of people that are heaping praise on the FC Cincinnati but like it's a good team um and yeah Hildebrandt was great um let's see like I love by the way in the in the USL write-ups this is just a this is a, a side but we'll we'll take it they have the Hildebrandt save and they mentioned that it was number three in the sports center top 10 (laughs) <laughs> and then in, in the in the Okugo one, they have that his goal was number four in the top ten, uh, which I get it. Like you're a tiny league, well, you're a huge league in terms of teams, but you're relatively you know unknown. And so to have you know FC Cincinnati make all this national headway and stuff, you're gonna um, you know milk it for all you got. Um, yeah, Hildebrandt, great. I don't know how much of him you saw with Wilmington last year, um, but. Uh, I saw Hildebrandt played in that season or in the league match against Wilmington. That was a two or that was a one-one draw up there, and then there was a, a um, Cincinnati victory down in the Port City that I watched on YouTube as I was not actually present at that match. Yeah. Um, Aaron Long, Defender of the Year. Um, I I think part of it was like. Defender of the year by committee, right? So like, yeah, Red Bull didn't give up goals, and he yeah, was, they were you know they're one of the fewest teams to give up goals this year, and definitely led the Eastern Conference and yeah, one of the best defensive efforts. Yeah. I mean, it was only gave up one goal in the final to mm-hmm. Swope Park, shut out Louisville twice yep. in the regular season. So definitely one of the better defenders defensive sides the USL has probably ever seen. Yeah. Uh, 21 goals in 30 regular season games um, is insane. Uh, uh, more than one goal just five times all year. That's, um, <laughs> I, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, numbers aren't the whole story, like all that nonsense, but that's that's about all you need to know. Um, and, I mean, Aaron Long got a CONCACAF Champions League uh, 
call up for for the first team. Uh, so yeah, and the first team actually just made it to the knockout round yep. of Concacaf Champions next League. Spring. They'll be facing yeah next. I think February they'll be facing Vancouver in a two-legged series of eight v one. Yeah. One of. Um, but yeah, Aaron Long. Uh, again, not a guy that I would point out in a crowd and be like, "Yeah, that's gonna be." Like that's the next guy up for Red Bull, but um, you know, young guy, like super good defender, always like vocal at the back whenever I saw him. Uh, and then I guess a perfect segue is the guy that coached everybody. Yeah. In that Red Bull team, um, John Walniak. I'll go with that. Sorry if I'm this. Yeah, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Um, uh, that'll be a thing. Like, that'll be a running theme, is that I, I mispronounce people's... I have a terribly long last name, and it's just gross myself. It's Valala. It's Italian. Uh, so I do apologize sincerely if I mispronounce any of these of these wonderful people's names. Um, I don't have a um, pronunciation sheet in front of me. But uh, John Walniak uh, kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, we weren't thinking... Yeah, in, like, I wasn't. The, the John Harks of the world. Yeah, John Harks was one of the other nominees for Coach of the Year, and I was thinking it was probably going to go to him, especially with the success of FC Cincinnati this year, but it it's really hard to argue with the coach that won the USL championship with such a dominant yeah. side like Red Bulls this year. Yeah, results, results don't lie, right? It's, you know, win the regular season, win the postseason, and... Yeah. I don't know if this impacts how the voting goes at all in terms of, you know, cause it's, it's each organization gets to vote in some capacity. I'm assuming that means the head coaches. Um, I don't know. Maybe the GMs. I'm not sure. I'm sure it depends on the team. Uh, but at the same time, John Wolniak placed a bunch of those guys uh, with the first team. Yeah. He was able to send a lot of the players up and for Red Bull too that's probably one of the best things about them that if they're able to develop all the players at the USL level and have them succeed and win a title down there that's probably the best case scenario for any MLS team right now none of those none of those guys I mean obviously like they're terribly talented but none of those guys make it up to that next level without you know a good coach behind them and um, you know Walniak more than proved that he's capable of getting the most out of out of these young guys um, in USL. And Mark DeSantos of Swope Park Rangers is another really good manager who is up for um, Coach of the Year. Or a terrific run by Swope Park towards the end of the season in, into the playoffs. Unfortunately, it had to end to Red Bulls in just a really big fashion. But he accomplished a lot with the team, especially mm-hmm. in its – First season over yeah. in Kansas City. First season for them, like low buzz too. I didn't expect a lot of out of that side. I don't think a whole lot of people did. Um, and to get them to the final, I mean, they got hot at the right time. And we've seen it, you know, countless times in MLS. That's that's what it takes to to make the playoffs and go on a run. Um, even you know, last year in in MLS, it was the Timbers who just got hot second half of the season, won the whole thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's what, that's what Swope Park did. Um, unfortunately they got smacked by Cincinnati and 
I say that, and then you look at the scoreline and you go, that's terrible, but then you look at when the goals happen and it doesn't seem so bad. Um, yeah, for the first half, it seemed very close yep. and until the final five minutes of the game when Brandon Allen just started scoring a bunch of goals. <laughs> it seemed like Swell Park was still able to win the game until it was blown wide open at mm. the end. Who do we miss? Was that it? Did we get everybody? Rookie of the year, Brandon Rookie Allen. Rookie of the year, Brandon Allen. There it is. So I, I said he was going to win something. There you go. Nominated for two categories. Yeah. we've. Uh, I think we've said almost too much about him at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was good. He was really good. Yeah. There was another um, nominee for Rookie of the Year this year who played for Whitecaps 2, Alfonso Davies, at only 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, baby. Yeah, homegrown player for Ugh. the Whitecaps MLS. Uh, and yeah. one of the, or actually, I think the youngest scorer or the youngest player to ever score a USL goal. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, yeah, if he did it, that was that was him because he was the youngest guy that's ever played in USL. Um, yeah, I believe there was one match earlier this year that he scored a couple goals yeah. in. Um. Anyway, so what else? I mean, what else we got? I guess we can talk about who's not leaving now, right? That's a thing, because it's not happening. Allegedly not happening. It's not happening yet, <laughs> so we can talk about it. I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be a will-they-won't-they they thing until the season starts, and we have either 31 or 30 teams. So to run it down Up until really at least. quick, uh, rumbling on the interwebs, on the Twitters, who are always super reliable, were that it was going to be Harrisburg, which I think is a combination of, of no one knows anyone that goes to their games. If you go, let me know. Uh, I would love to <laughs> talk to you. And it's, it's easy to just be like, oh, they're not going to like continue because like, what do they have going for them in a positive, you know, in an upward trajectory? Yeah, it's, it'd be really easy to pick on this side. I mean, it's one of the smallest in the league and, I think 2014 was the last time they made the playoffs, and that's when they yeah. went to the final and lost to Sacramento in it. Right. But it's just really easy to point out a side and say it'd be Harrisburg that would be leading the league. Right. Yeah, tiny market, like lost their MLS affiliation last year, um, all that kind of stuff. And then the other news was that it was going to be FC Montreal, uh, which would also be kind of interesting because, you know, MLS affiliate side, like not – good on the field um definitely not in the first half definitely not they're one of the best second half teams in the usl especially when they play in august second half they definitely figured it out i thought they were a lot of fun to watch uh when i when i called them uh the second time around the second half of the season or even just in in games that i clicked on youtube um and then and then they come out and announce that their contract is to the end of 2017 so this time next year uh, and they would be honoring that, which is a roundabout way of saying we're not going anywhere either. Uh, stop asking. So, and then the league announced on Twitter that Orlando City was adding a pair of players back for their 2017 right. season so that right. locks them in for at least playing another year in the USL. Right. Yeah. Um, now, I guess, Ryan, I'll ask, are, are we done now uh, in either direction? 
do we think anyone else comes in? Do we think anyone's leaving now? Or do we think that was just kind of a weird slip of the tongue? I forgot we had 31 teams because that's a weird number to have in a soccer league kind of thing from, from Mr. President. Yeah, I think that's 31 is just kind of an odd number. Or it is an odd number. Yeah. And for scheduling-wise, it would be kind of unbearable for the league that has or that would have to have that odd number of teams, such mm-hmm. as the Western Conference keeping 15 always having that one team play a bye week and it actually messes up the scheduling for instance like Sacramento only played Colorado Springs once this year and it was just kind of odd scheduling where it's on the Eastern Conference you were able to at least balance the schedule do two or have a home and home and then play local rivals a couple times um yeah so I know for Bethlehem we uh got to play around the Keystone Cup. Uh, no one ever invited us. And now that I have a public platform, someone should invite us because you can't call it the Keystone Cup. Meaning, for those who don't know, meaning the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. Uh, you can't call it the Keystone Cup and not have every team from Pennsylvania play for the Cup. It's not hard. We're all within, like, you know four hours of each other and we see each other three times a year just do an aggregate point thing put our logo on it somewhere and we're fine then the name card's gonna have to be a little bigger because right now you got one team on the left side and one team on the right side but you know just you know pop it you know bring it up a couple inches put the bethlehem logo in the center because we'll be winning it most of the time anyway uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah so the local thing it's great with the eastern conference there's there's two other teams coming in Right, so I guess that would just make it a, uh, not that much harder, um, and they're on opposite sides of the country. Well, they're not even in the yeah, same they're... country, but the West is still going to be a pain to try to schedule. But uh, someone will figure it out. Yeah, that'll be a really interesting to see it once it's released. I can't wait. I'm sure there will be an expansion team that starts their season away again, like it happened last year. I know Bethlehem was in Montreal. I don't know about anybody else. But I thought that was Cincinnati odd was down in Charleston. Right. I thought that was odd considering it's an expansion team and you kind of want to have the attention on them and give them a home game. I don't know. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think what else we got here. Bunch of call-ups for people in the USL. Yeah, CONCACAF qualifying is just about to begin with the Hex. USA, Mexico, this are on November 11th. Mm -hmm. And Columbus, it's looking forward to watching that. Uh, Derek Etienne gets called up. I know Corey Burke, uh, Bethlehem Steel Striker, got called into the Jamaica squad for the Caribbean Cup as well. So um, those two guys can be fun to watch, especially Etienne. Uh, Corey Burke, when he turns it on, can get there. But he kind of disappeared during the USL season. Uh, (laughs) A bunch of Canadians, uh, which really, I think, from an international standpoint, Canada, the Canadian soccer scene, which is a weird way of saying the country of Canada, yep, the country of Canada (laughs) has benefited probably the most in terms of player pool from the USL. Yeah, definitely with having now four teams in the league. In fact, Carl Hort, eight. Haworth of Ottawa was just called up for the Canadian national team side to face South Korea 
on mm. the November 11th match yeah. in a friendly. Uh, and his fellow, uh, his fellow USL, I guess he's never seen them before. So his, his future USL uh, colleagues uh, will also be in that game. Carl, we met, gets another call up. And uh, I have no idea who Dixon is. Jamar Dixon, also of Ottawa. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Maxime Tissot is there as well, Gatineau. Um, but, yeah, no, Canada, like, tons of guys. Uh, I think we met, in particular, has benefited the most in terms of players, or at least people that I've seen. Uh, because, you know, he wouldn't break into that Red Bull senior team. And now he's getting all these minutes. Besides, I mean, other than getting kicked in the back by Romeo Parks. He's getting all these minutes for, for Red Bull, too. Um, and that's really helped him develop as a player, and he's getting you know national team minutes because of it. Yeah, and that actually leads to one thing I want to talk about, the new substitution rule. Yeah! Oh, down we from... totally, oh, we totally missed that. All right, so for uh, – I don't know if, if you've experienced this, Ryan, but we, we'll, we'll talk about it. Whenever you're live-tweeting a game or whenever you're talking about USL, and you go, oh, yeah, now making their fourth substitution. And people will go, what are you doing? There is three substitutions yeah. in soccer. Not in the USL last year. They had five yeah. for that season. And now moving, or moving up to balance themselves with the rest of the world, yeah. moving into three substitutions. In fact, both teams in the finals used four substitutions. One of the goals right. from... Swope Park came off of one of their subs, but it wasn't that fourth substitute. Yeah. Uh, so I crunched some numbers, and again, I can only speak to, to one team this year because that's the only team I crunched numbers for. I don't know if you can be any, any, of any help here, Mr. Statman. Uh, Bethlehem <laughs> only used substitutions four and five like 13 times, and I think they only used five, like they only used all five of their subs like six or seven times. Not an indictment of Brendan Burke or anything like that. Um, I just think that if you come from not USL, and then the first year you coach USL, sometimes you might not know they're there. Um, other times, you know, you might just go, well, we don't need five subs. So getting it to a point um, of, all right, let's just do three substitutions it's going to make it a lot easier for the casual fan to get into it because a lot of people, I think, go, okay, soccer, you get three substitutions and that's it. And we no longer have to go, oh, except for in this league, you get five because, like, player development and, you know, like, short weeks and all that stuff. Yeah, I definitely think it's beneficial to the league to start um, identifying itself with other leagues throughout the world to have it be more credible to the casual fan and it's not as much as a developmental league anymore. Yes, we have a lot of the MLS two sides still in it to develop players, but a lot more of the independent clubs, such as your Louisville's, mm. Cincinnati's, Sacramento's, are out to grow the league and grow the game in this country. Yeah. And, and, and the other part to it is where else in the world, you know, if those guys get transferred or if they go to MLS or if, you know, I guess best case scenario for some of those indie teams is if their team just, you know, up and goes to MLS in an expansion bid, you know, like where else in the world are they going to play that has five subs? Like nowhere. I <laughs> you know? can't you think know? of any other league in the uh, world that would 
have five subs that's above yeah. MLS and USL. Right. So I, I think one of those things, you know, maybe, maybe Sunday League or something. Uh, but I, I think it's another one of those things, like you were saying, just like legitimizing the league. Um, you know, and, and in, in a way, too, I think it helps because you have these two clubs in Tampa and, and Ottawa um, who've never, I mean, I guess Tampa Bay was in USL but at a point, but I don't know if they were doing the five sub rule. But these guys, you know, in, in recent history, you know, since 2011 at least, have never had to use more than three subs. And so this way they yeah. don't have to bring in all these extra guys or whatever, like start an academy or something to, to try to, like, overcompensate and build this huge squad of, like, 30 guys so they can use all five of these subs or something. Yeah, it just helps out with the league a lot more of – it's the basic. You have seven people on the bench, and you can choose three for mm-hmm. tactical or injury purposes yep. throughout a full 90-minute game. Any other, uh, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Union did some crazy roster move stuff. Um, I guess I'll run down that super quick. Let me pull up the, I don't want to misquote myself here. Um so, as we know, it's the off-season for everybody. And uh, with that, I guess especially for the, uh, for the affiliate teams that are no longer in um, you know, in, in MLS season, I know the rosters are still frozen, but there is guys who don't have contracts, and there's, like, options. So, that being said, the pertinent guys to Bethlehem Steel who... Uh, will not be returning. Uh, Matt Jones, who was, was a goalie a little bit for them. Uh, Anderson and Taylor Washington. Taylor Washington being a surprise. And uh, then Cole Missimo and Walter Estrepo are also gone. Um, they can come back in the MLS waiver draft, which is uh, a month and some change um, down the line. They're also eligible for free agency, of course. But... Um, yeah, out of those five guys, I don't know if you're really familiar with any of them. Um, Anderson caught the ire of my Twitter when I was covering <laughs> those games about every two minutes. And a, and a lot of people around here that followed the team uh, as well did not see anything in Anderson, who was a guy that started the first game with the Union. Um, other than that, like Taylor Washington, uh, apart from being like one of the nicest guys, uh, I've never seen – a whole organization of people and then some want somebody to kind of make it to, to MLS as much as, as everyone was like, Oh, like Taylor, like if he gets there, it's great. Uh, but that's a surprise. I mean, he was the starting, um, Oh boy. Left back for Bethlehem for pretty much every game. Um, I won't go into details, but I can, I can see who they might be replacing him with, uh, on the outside. Hint, hint, he's from the academy. Um, I mean, which isn't a big surprise. Uh, Walter Restrepo as well is another weird one. Uh, former New York Cosmo. Um, played in San Antonio for a little bit as well. Um, solid player, just didn't seem to find his footing in USL. Like, it looked like he was trying to do a little bit too much. Um, and then, you know, Cole Missimo, uh, Northwestern guy fresh out of college wasn't didn't light anybody's world on fire um so nothing crazy in terms of like oh like why wouldn't they you know 
Like, it's not like Ryan Richter got released or anything. But um, yeah, I, I don't know where he went. Wink. Um, God, that would be. If if the NASL just wants to come in the USL so I can see Ryan Richter again, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, I know um, you don't have a whole team. Big offseason news yeah, there. Not- well, I guess you do. I'm sorry. They still kind the of team moved down to PDL, so it will be an entirely new roster this time next year. They expanded the PDL. To... PDL, sorry. Yep, probably going to be joining the South Atlantic Division with teams like the Charlotte Eagles and Carolina Dynamo. Yeah. But it'll be an entirely new roster for the entire team, and it'll be interesting just seeing how it will be received in the community now. Uh. I guess I'll put you I'll put you on the spot a little bit, um, and this will, we can play along at home. If you had to pick one team, if you're starting from scratch and you don't really have like an affiliation right now in terms of I like this team, uh, who would you pick and why? I would probably Charleston have because they're amazing. Definitely probably the Charleston Battery. It's really hard to argue. I saw a few games at Black Bowl now in USC Healthcare Stadium, and mm. it is one of the best stadiums in the league. It's not too far away from North Carolina, and they're just a very well-run team right. and always seems to be competitive, made it to semifinals of the Eastern Conference this year. Mm. Yeah, they're one of the they're one of the USL teams. Like I, I put them, Rochester and Richmond in a little in a box, so to speak, and I kind of call them I've I've called them the pillars of the USL, um, just because I think when you look at longevity and just kind of like brand recognition, I, I think those three teams are the ones that you know, especially Rochester. Like an average fan can look at that logo and be like, that's that's a soccer team. Like I know who they are, kind of. Yeah, with Rochester, Richmond, and Charleston, those still make up the old guard of the three oldest continuously run clubs currently in the USL. Uh, they're up there with the ages of some MLS teams. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they're, and, and I don't want to just credit it to one thing, but their Open Cup success, too, has definitely helped with, uh, of course. with their uh, notoriety, I think is the wrong word, but I'll, I'll use it, their reputation. Um, with uh, one of them won that right? Was it was it Richmond? Rochester. Rochester. Damn it, I knew it. Uh, yeah, but those three clubs definitely uh w- will be around forever, like Harrisburg, little engine that could. <laughs> uh, Ryan, closing thoughts. You got anything? Nothing else. Nothing else. All right. So for Ryan Allen, uh, I'm Evan Valala. We are Dowardyless. If, if I may. Uh, but once again, uh, I'll plug it. At the BGN FM on Twitter is how to get in touch with our network. That is the beautiful game network run by the lovely Sparks brothers who have been so kind to have us on. Uh, we don't have a Twitter yet. I'll get there. Don't worry. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to find me, I'm at Valella BSFC on Twitter. Ryan, uh, ILM underscore Ryan. Correct. Yeah, nailed it on Twitter. Uh, and then once again, uh, BGN.FM, if you'd like to download straight from the source, we are also 
on Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere that you'd like to download podcasts, you can find us. That's Eastern Conference Confidential. So, once again, I'm rambling. For Ryan Allen, I'm Evan Blella. This has been Eastern Conference Confidential Episode 2. I'll call it the, the two-man episode. There's your title. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys later.